Hi everybody, this here's Austin, and what you're listening to is your podcast Opinion is Wrong, episode, oh, this is a big one, this is episode 30. Uh, yeah, I know. Uh, we reached another even 10, uh, bring us up to 30. Uh, I think we're starting podcast middle age, um, uh, assuming our podcast is di- gonna die at around, you know, 75, which, I mean, let's face it, it's gonna be long before that, but uh, 30, bringing it in, let's do it. Uh, with us on this our thirtieth episode, we have uh, <coughs> returning guest Mark. Howdy. And uh, I, th- this is, must be like his sixth or seventh episode in a row. Uh, Robbie. I wasn't on last week. Oh, okay. In that case, uh, not. But uh, <laughs> he is he is uh, becoming quite the stalwart. All right. Uh, so uh, we are admittedly uh, on this episode without a topic. So. Shall we just jump right into, uh, what are you listening to? Let's do it. Let's do it. Hello, everybody. Welcome to What Are You Listening To? Um, who'd like to start us off here, talk about what you listened to this week? I'll start. Go ahead. <clears throat> well, this is this is related to music, uh, but it's not necessarily music. I, I finally watched the Flying Lotus video, the new Flying Lotus video. Oh, I love it so much. Yeah, it was fan- it was fantastic. And, you know, I, I was a little weary about, about the album when the track with Erica Badu dropped it, the name of which uh, escapes me right now. It's like but, seeing through to you or something like that. Yeah. It, I mean, <clears throat> I, I shouldn't be surprised, you know, Flying Lotus changes constantly, but that track was like, so non Flying Lotus, you know what I'm saying? Um, mm-hmm. But um, I don't know this, this, it seems like this album is going to go for a more, you know, I, I guess, uh, mature or more fully realized direction. I'm, I'm not. I'm not sure, but j- just based on that video, my excitement level, as as high as it was, is like through the roof now. I uh, I I heard it. It's gonna. It, it's gonna be. It was described as uh, it will be the birth of post smooth jazz, which I thought was a uh, was a a good description of that video. Wow. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right now, it's probably. My most, and now that you know the animal collections is out of the way, it's mm-hmm. probably you know my highest anticipated album for the rest of the year, excluding of course No Love Deep Web. Oh yes, yeah. Mm-hmm. Everyone seems oh, we're to getting a about new, that. We're huh? getting a new uh, Deathstroke track tomorrow, is it? Oh yeah, the adults. It was in, it was yeah. the Adult Swim singles thing. It's an outtake from uh, Money Store, I the believe, or at least yeah. a drop track. Yeah, I'm I'm excited for it. Yeah, yeah, definitely. That's a that Adult Swim singles thing is actually uh, had some really good stuff. They had that actually Flying Lotus track. Now that you mentioned it, yeah, that was great. Earl sweatshirt. Uh, and who else did they have? They had a uh, some black metal band too. This name is escaping me right now. Um, I'll look it up because I, yeah, I don't know I'm who sure. you're talking about. To be honest with you, Adult Swim. I might be wrong it, in it being a black. Who can band. Google the fastest? I can. Um, uh, they had unknown more. Oh Jesus! I went to this website and it immediately started playing liars. That's terrifying. Um, uh-huh. It was uh, Absu. That was it. Oh yeah, um, I, I've only heard a little bit of their stuff. As uh, I guess the resident metal enthusiast, now that Metal Nick is no longer with us. Yeah, I don't know. I'm ca- they were sort of like an early you uh, one of one of the earlier U.S. black metal bands, I guess. I've never yeah. actually listened to them, but they come very highly recommended by um, John Darniel from the Mountain Goats, who is a huge black metal fan and runs an excellent blog where he talks a lot about black metal, which I recommend to all of you. I had no clue of any of this. He's a huge hmm. metalhead. Like, it's almost like he listens <laughs> to a lot of music, but he loves death and brutal death and black metal. It's insane. I would never have expected from a guy who just plays singer songwriter stuff. He's a cool guy. 
I, I saw one. Which, oh, go ahead. Yeah. Speaking of which, the Mountain Goats have a new one coming out, which no one's really talking about. Yeah, I know. The, the last one was uh, kind of a, like, you know, so-so. I, there were some good songs on it, um, but I don't know. I, I much prefer the lo-fi, uh, you know, boombox and a guitar. The earlier, earlier stuff. So below Tame Machine is my favorite. You see, I've only heard about three Mountain Goats albums. I've heard, okay, I've heard the Sunset Tree, which is one of the newer ones, but I really, I really like that one. That one was good, yeah. Tallahassee is that one called? Uh, I think, uh, they, yeah, there's probably one called Tallahassee. Yeah, and um, another newer one that I'm kind of forgetting right now. But, uh, I don't um, know. Let me yeah. look it up because it's, it's going to eat at me if I don't figure it out. Was it All Hail West Texas? Or that was the older one, actually. Never mind. Yeah. Um, Heretic Pride. That's it. I never actually listened to that one. He's got a ton of albums. Yeah, there's like some like 15 um, Goats albums. Yeah, and he had some demos before on this uh, label called Shrimper that uh, I, I don't yeah. think were ever professionally released outside of them. But his first... Uh, his first, I guess, not major label, but regular label one was called Zopalote Machine, which has always remained my favorite. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, uh, go ahead. Oh, well, I was going to continue with what are you listening to? Oh, yeah, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, well, I tried to... Um, I feel like one of the only people on the blog that haven't heard this album. Well, I'm sure there are other people that haven't, but... I tried listening to Tame Impala's first album, not the other one that just leaked, but their first album. Mm-hmm. And you know, no offense to Nick or whatever if you listen to it, but honestly, I was supremely bored. Uh, I, I can I can totally see that. Um, and I, I I liked it when it first came out, and you know I listened to it occasionally, but mainly not as like intensive intensive that are sort of listening to for excellent songwriting stuff. It's just cool to like a, a like a fun chill psych rock album to put on to like study or read or something i mean for one thing i'm not a fan of a lot of the new like kind of revivalist bands that try to revive or i'm gonna revive 80s synth pop that no one gives a shit about Ooh, i'm gonna revive this stuff and tame impala is kind of you know the site the 60s psych rock version of that and uh in my personal opinion i think there are bands that do the whole psych rock thing a little more interestingly you know that's just my opinion. Mm-hmm. Sorry, sorry, Nick. Sorry, everyone who likes them. Uh, yeah, no, I'm like I, I, that's my the most common complaint I hear with uh, Tame Impala is that you know it's just sort of there, like not really offensive or you know mm-hmm. uh, anything like that. Event, yeah, yeah, eventful. Yeah. Uh, are you are you a, are you a Tame Impala fan, uh, Mark? Never listen. No. I mean, I think the, that first album is worth one listen. There is one track I do like a lot called Jeremy Storm, but um, that, uh, that that you know, that's about it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, any, anything else for you, Robbie? I guess the last thing is, uh, the last thing I, I, I'd like to talk about, I guess, I'm listening to some of, some of, the, some of the, uh, the new album by a band called Shivalba. Yeah, I heard you talking about that. Yeah, and, you know, I, I really appreciate that band because, well, I don't like their vocalists, and that's my biggest complaint about them, I'm going to get out of the way. Um, I, I'm, not, I'm not even totally sure why. Uh, I think it's vocals are, they're, like, deep, I guess, but they're kind of shallow. But that just the sound on that record is amazing. The, the guitar tones and just they know how to do a sludge metal kind of right even if they're doing it in more of a hardcore fashion. Mm-hmm. And just everything I love about the sound of that music is on that record. So even if I don't love the whole thing, I, I need to respect it just for that. And uh, I didn't know, but they're from Pomona, California, which is very, very close to where I live. So that's pretty interesting. Yeah, um, I, I haven't heard a track from them, but uh, that uh, you posted their album art, which I was quite smitten with. Uh, yeah, I, I believe this is the same Zabalba because the last FM is telling me there's also a Mexican black metal band. Uh, yeah, no, who, I'm actually yeah. I would actually be pretty interested. <laughs> in. I may I may look that up for later, but um, no, I I I I've, I I used to be very sort of uh, 
snooty about what what uh, you know like album covers and in particular metal album covers. But I've been very sort of uh, I, I've taken a I've taken a shine to them as of late. Uh, I, I I don't know why. It's just I, I can I can appreciate that sort of uh, that sort of kitsch a little bit more now. And Zababa uh, does it right. What with the mountains and the towers and everything. Yeah. Well, um, can I ask what what was it about metal album album covers that you didn't quite like? I don't know. It was like uh, I, I don't know because I I'd, I've spent all my uh, all my uh, uh, music listening time like loving like hardcore album covers. You know, like the sort of uh, xeroxed copy paste, uh, sort of minimalist. You know, just you oh, know yeah. text to black background, and uh, the, uh, the the like all those like, you know death metal album covers like the intricately painted and the uh the the, not so much the black metal album covers because those were sort of similar to hardcore in a way but um yeah the uh the death metal album covers struck me as sort of like that uh that so that sort of cheese and pomp that i didn't exactly enjoy uh death metal you know for uh but i i don't know i don't know what turned me but i don't know maybe it's just because i've been reading game of thrones a lot lately but i've I've taken quite a like because it, 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 I, I know I've talked about this before. I, I came into listening to death metal and stuff through listening to hardcore, and I always, yeah. I never had the uh, just like traditional fan of uh, metal music that sort of uh, invokes the wrath of a lot of uh, traditional metal fans. Like I don't like it for you know the fantasy lyrics or what have you. I like it because it's you know fast and low and aggressive. Uh, but yeah. yeah, I don't know. I, I, I've come to I've come to appreciate that more lately. I used to, well, I think, uh, well, sorry, stumbled a little bit there. Mm-hmm. Uh, I used, I used to really like, um, you know, have you ever listened to folk metal or Viking metal? Oh, I can't even like, I, I, that was I the never, shit for me in early, early high school. Uh, I, I love that shit. And now I can't look, go back to that because it's so bad. It's, it's like, I, it's. It's shit music. I I hate to be so objective <laughs> about it, but it's 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 not good music. <laughs> and I, this is coming from a guy not, who, like I said, just reads fantasy novels and listens to metal. But uh, I don't know. It's uh, I that folk metal because that bleeds into black metal a lot, uh, like yeah. way more, way more than I would like. And it's 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 become like sort of a more a tall order than I would have thought to just have a traditional sort of raw black metal album. Without all the sort of the Viking, uh, the Viking bullshit, which I don't want, uh, and like the, the the acoustic interludes or the symphonic synthesizers, like that, none of that appeals to me. The reason I listen to black metal is because it's black metal, like it's aggressive and harsh and black, and it, it doesn't it doesn't make any pretensions about uh, you know what it's doing, which it was immediately turned on its head, and like Emperor and uh, Dissection and stuff like that. I don't know. I think we're totally shutting Mark out once again. Oh Christ! We we Mark, we've had this exact same problem before, where it's <laughs> me and Robbie and you. It's me and Robbie and Mark, and we start talking about black metal, and then Mark doesn't talk for forty-five minutes. This has happened exactly before. Okay, we're stopping. We're not talking about black metal anymore. Jesus. <laughs> we should ask Mark what he's listening to. Mark, what are you listening to? What am I listening to? I have to get my last FM up here now. Mm-hmm. I should have been prepared. Yeah, especially with all this metal, with all this metal talk that you were involved with. I, I had lots of time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Mark, just, why can't you be more cult? I, I don't know. Teach me. <laughs> <laughs> you can't be taught the ways of the cult. <laughs> okay. Well, you're getting into you're getting into noise rock like Mets, so that's that's one that's one way there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's what I. Like I said that earlier, like last year I liked all this like happy pop music, and this year I'm getting more into uh, noisy shit. Music and yeah, noisy shit. Um, I approve. So maybe maybe next year, metal, yeah, or, mm. <laughs> that'll be the next step. Let's bridge that gap. But uh, this past week, I think I listened to most. Hmm. I listened to. That Frank Ocean album that came out finally, just because I felt obligated to check it out, and I didn't really have much of an opinion on it. I didn't think it was that great, but um, I guess other people disagree with me. 
Did either of you listen to it? I, I listened no. to it. I, I think it. I think it's good. I, I don't think it's. I think it's horrible. I think it's probably the I, best I think thing that's. I think it's probably the best thing that's come out of the Odd Future in at least almost two years. You know. Oh yeah, best thing to come out of Odd Future. If you still can, if you still consider it an Odd Future release, which, you know, I think it's kind of transcended that. But you know, it's it obviously doesn't deserve the high praise that Pitchfork has given it, which was oh. mostly I've said before is mostly about context and anything else. I think if he hadn't come out quotations, then there's no way it would have gotten even a nine, let alone a nine point five. You know? I don't think he's that like amazing of a singer, to be honest. Yeah, yeah. I'd rather I'd rather uh, listen I mean, like I don't sorry. listen to a lot of R and B like that, but I'd rather listen to the weekend than him. I was actually just, well, that's just bring because that up. they're Canadian. Yeah, I just think I think I think he's a better singer to be honest. But. He is a better singer, but the thing there are a couple of tracks on the Frank Ocean album I like a lot, like uh, "Bad Religion." I that's, actually think it's pretty was, moving. That's what I was just gonna say. Bad Religion. I think that's the yeah. best track on that album. Yeah, and especially the Fallon performance wasn't on Fallon. Some talk yeah. show. He performed um, it, and it was incredible. Yeah, I think it's Fallon. Yeah, that yeah. was a really good performance. It, that was a great performance, but like the album as a whole, you know, it, it, it was good, but you know, just good, you know. I agree. Um, uh, Austin, you, you, say, you say you haven't heard it? Uh, no, but I, I, I do like his voice from what I've heard on, you know, Out of Future collabs. Uh, she by Tyler the Creator in particular. Uh, he's, yeah. he's got that, that silky smooth R&V voice uh, that, I can, that I can appreciate. I yeah yeah he does it's, mm. like I said it's not terrible I just don't think it's completely amazing so um other stuff I've been listening to I'm gonna skip Animal Collective talked about them to death who um, the uh, this band they're mm-hmm. uh, from they're really hipster apparently okay that's all I know about them. Um, well, I listen to the new, the new, uh, XX album. Speaking of hipster shit. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, I have like the same opinion on it as their first album. I was just like, oh, this is nice, uh, kind of, uh, mood music stuff. Yeah. I mean, it's nice to put on and listen to. I don't find it that amazing again yeah I don't I don't really get all the praise for it yeah the yeah the, the XX sort of band I like chilling out to more than I like exactly I put intensively it on listening to like there's nothing that wrong with what they're doing and you know what they do for what it's worth is performed fairly well and you know recorded fairly well or whatever but you know they're not doing anything amazing i mean you know i mean uh, whether or not you agree about the praise that uh, say a band like animal collective gets who uh, you keep I, you keep talking about this animal collection i i just don't i don't get it <laughs> continue anyway whether or not you agree to, about their praise you, you know at least they're doing something different something really bold and the XX, you know, there's something they do. It's not, you know, really that, you know, it's not out there enough to, you know, warrant as much praise as I think that they get. Kind of like Frank Ocean, to be honest with you. Agreed. Oh, yeah, I'm listening. I've, I've been listening to all the, all the Pitchfork love bands, I guess, this week. Um, what else have I been listening to? Sloan. I know you like Sloan Austin. I, I dig Sloan from what I've heard. I've only heard. I think I only have two albums theirs, but uh, it's. Which ones? Uh, let me check. Uh, I think they may be on my external hard drive because I'm not finding them in my library. They life. I don't know. I, I listened to them like once. I think. T- talk about Sloan because I don't think you've talked about them on the podcast. Uh, another uh, Canadian native band. They're probably one of the more important Canadian bands, I'd say. 
mm-hmm. at, at least of the '90s. Um, yeah, because they're doing they're doing a tour this year. It's uh, I guess it's the 20th anniversary of their album Twice Removed, which is one of the seminal. Or it's not their 20th anniversary. Um, I don't know why. Anyway, they're doing a tour around Canada and they're playing twice removed in full at each of the dates, kind of. And it's probably one of the seminal, like, at least rock rock albums of the 90s, as far as Canadian bands go. Um, it was after, I think, that was their second album. They released their first two albums on Geffen. And then afterward, they started their own label called Murder Records. And that spawned kind of a lot of a lot of different Canadian acts. Like uh, I know Eric's Trip is one. They subsequently signed to Sub Pop after. Mm-hmm. Um, and of course, Julie Dwyron. She came out of uh, Eric's Trip. Um, I'm trying to think of some of the other bands. Um, Thrush Hermit were a good one. Who came out of that as well? They. Uh, and another Canadian singer-songwriter, Joel Plaskett, he was in Thrush Hermit. Yeah, he he had a record last year, didn't he? Yeah, he's had he's been really successful actually. Mm. Or Thrush Hermit only released I think two albums, but he's released like, geez, I want to say at least seven of his own, probably around that. Mm-hmm. And he's gained quite a bit of success. But I just think Sloan are really important because I think they did that whole kind of screw you, do it yourself thing and just started releasing all their friends' music on their label. And uh, I think something really good came out of it. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I don't know. I, 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 I'll probably go back and listen to them sometime when, you know, I just, I, I just need like an album to listen to. Um, you, you should listen to Twice Removed and One Chord to another really good album. Mm-hmm. And even their first album, Smeared, it's like a shoegazy type thing. Um, I'm, I'm looking at the cover to Twice Removed now, and nothing looks more mid 90s than them on that record cover. <laughs> Holy Christ. I, I, must, I must see this. Yeah. Um, Holy <laughs> I know, right? Uh, they look like they look like they're uh, like character actors in the movie Angus. I don't know if anybody's seen that movie, but that's I have what no they clue look what like. that is. But that sounds that sounds very nineties. Yeah. Um, just the name Angus. Uh-huh. Uh, I think all I, of their album covers just have pictures of them on the album. Yeah, just <sighs> looking off into the middle distance. Um, there's a there's a guy named uh, John Worcester. He's the drummer to Superchunk, who are a, a band from from my home, uh, North Carolina. They're a good band, right? And um, he's uh, also he's also a comedian too. Uh, he like wrote for TV shows, but he has this thing on Facebook when um, it's uh, just the name of rock bands uh, in like everyday places, like product names and stuff like that. And uh, the one I remember and reminded of every day is there's uh, Sloan brand urinals, which are all the urinals at my school. So I just see that and like, I should listen to Sloan sometime. So, you know, I'll, I'll get to it eventually. My toilets will make sure of that. But it's good that it stays in your mind, at least. Yeah. Uh, anything no, else? Um, I don't really think so. Yeah. Just some the normal stuff. Um, normal stuff I listen to every week. Jay Retard and P.S. I love you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, this is uh, I'll I'll come in now with mine, and it's um, uh, interesting to bring up. But you say the same things you listen to uh, every uh, every week, and I uh, we talked about this earlier, but <sighs> recently got a Last FM uh, page, and it's I think uh, for, for like for the past week. And probably for the near future, uh, my listening habits are driven by guilt because, like, uh, <laughs> I can't let them know that I'm listening to the same yep. uh, Animal Collective song over and over again. Which You'll get I, over that yeah. eventually. Yeah, uh, I'm, I'm sure that happens to everybody. No, but, no I'm, 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 still not, I'm still not over that. Trust uh, 
Okay, good. Well, but I, but I think it is uh, partially, and by partially, I mean pretty much entirely a good thing, because I have listened to a lot more music lately, just because of, like, OCD, like, oh, I need to round out my last FM, my Scrabbles. Um, but, uh, yeah, I think, uh, I don't know, it's, it's been good for me listening to a lot of new music, because I don't know if this has happened every week or just since I started this, but uh, since I started uh, seven days ago, I've played 340 <laughs> tracks, which seems like uh, like something some sort of you know antisocial weirdo would do. Listen to four hundred track or three hundred fifty tracks in a week. Uh, but I don't know. I'm listening to way more music than I usually do, or at least that I think I usually do. So you know, good for that. Um, what have I listened to this week? Uh, pulling it up, and you know, you the listener gets a more cohesive uh, "What are you listening to?" segment now that I can actually see what I've been listening to, because I've just been pulling it out of my ass uh, for the last 29 episodes, so this is my gift to you. Uh, coming in at number one is Have a Nice Life. Has anybody listened to that? Yeah. It was it was the first, well, not the first band, I guess the uh, pre-band of uh, Dan Barrett, who is now known as Giles Corey, um, and it makes, yeah. it makes Joy Division sound like the Mouseketeers, because it's like freakishly downer, like it's horribly depressing, <laughs> um, and yeah, it's uh, like sort of a shoegaze, uh, shoegaze, uh, almost like a shoegaze post-punk, almost sort of post-rocky in parts, and uh, I not, maybe not influenced exactly, but uh, sort of informed by some sort of some black metal, and that's all I'm gonna say about that. But uh, they had a record, I think their only record called Death Consciousness. Which has become yeah. sort of uh, like a cult hit, uh, yeah. I guess you could yeah. call it. And uh, I listened to it the first time last week, but it's a very, uh, a very you know, compelling, good, good album. And uh, a lot of people haven't heard it, and I recommend it to anybody if you haven't. I haven't listened yeah, to Giles. I haven't listened Sorry. to Giles Corey yet, though. Um, and I, I hear he's uh, less uh, intense, maybe, but equally as depressing. Which you know, I'm probably down. even more, probably even more depressing. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, is is <clears throat> singer songwriter folk type stuff? That well, his first album. Yeah, least. but the, yeah, yeah, but every track is kind of different, you know. Okay, that's good. Uh, his his uh, latest album, which I think we may have talked about already, but um, his EP. Yeah. Oh, is it an EP? Uh, technically, I guess I'm not. Well, yeah, it's uh, like it's, it's like an album, album. half long. Yeah. Yeah, so I guess it's kind of an album. It's only three tracks, but it's an hour and a half long. So it's like that that Sufjan Stevens EP, which is like an hour and fifteen minutes. But uh, yeah, <laughs> his new album, which is called uh, "Blanking on the Name" right now. You uh, do you know what it is? Uh, um, not really. Yeah. Um, oh well, it's something. Uh, but uh, it is what's called uh, bioral beats, which is um, it's called. Uh, oh, I guess it's just called Giles Corey. Never mind. Um, uh, it's called what are called bioral beats, which is uh, like just these long tones, uh, which are apparently switching from ear to ear, I guess. Uh, but are supposed to like induce like trance-like states and all that. And uh, I guess it more just sort of comes out sounding like an ambient record, uh, which you know I'm okay with. But uh, is this what's this called? Uh, what the the Giles Corey? This is just the album, his new album. Yeah, yeah. Uh, search by Oral Beats, B I A U R A L. But uh, it's um, uh, I I don't know. I, I I've tried it once before. I guess a couple like a year before this album, <clears throat> it didn't really work for me. But uh, I don't know. Maybe maybe Barrett's got the formula down. I don't know. I'm on his Bandcamp now, and he, there's one. There's an album here called this. Deconstructionist. That, that's it. Deconstructionist. I couldn't think of it. Yeah. Yeah. It's. <laughs> please note, this album must be listened through headphones. It is highly recommended that you read the accompanying PDF before listening to the music. And it says if you have a epilepsy or a history of mental illness, you may want to speak with a doctor before listening to this album. Some of the recording techniques used in this music have been shown to cause seizures in those susceptible. Yeah. Uh. That sounds like a fun time to listen to. Yeah, it's great. Um, but from from what I hear, uh, things uh, anything Dan Barrett says, you sort of have to take with a grain of salt. Uh, 
Yeah, pretty much. Because like he is, he is sort of a, a like a fiction writer, which which I like about him. But um, he's uh, it says here it's not a record, but it's a philosophical tool. Um, I think I think philosophical tool was probably Dan Barrett's nickname in high school. But um, uh, I see you did there. I just I just landed a sick got him, on Dan got Barrett him there. Yeah, um, I'm proud of that one. Uh, that's going the that's going the best of compilation, but uh, yeah, I don't know. I'll give it a listen after I listen to the first album. Which uh, have you listened to it, Robbie? Uh, the 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 new Giles Corey. No, the the old uh, Giles Corey. Oh yeah, yeah. I, I like it a lot. Mm-hmm. I totally forgot to put it in my best of list of that year because I'm an idiot, but it's really good, really really good, mm-hmm. really good. Really and it's good. it's interesting because. Um, uh, uh, my recently, uh, uh, I just started my AP English class and we're reading The Crucible, which is, uh, the character of Giles Corey. I guess he was a real person, but the character of Giles yeah. Corey is in The Crucible and he's like murdered in the most horrible way possible. Yeah. Yeah. It's- I actually, I, I actually, uh, well, I was in theater through most of high school and in my senior year I played Giles Corey. Oh, you did? In, in The Crucible. Yeah. Oh. Uh, yeah. yeah, that must've been <laughs> a tough but uh, well, yeah. well, well, his death scene isn't isn't really in the play. It's just kind of right. Yeah. Well, it's in the movie, I guess, but it's only mm-hmm. referred to in the play. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, for those who don't know, he was I guess he was laid down on the ground and people put a board over him and they kept piling on rocks. Uh, so the board became heavier and heavier and eventually crushed him to death. I guess that's the the, the, the thick of it. Um, Not just rocks like big ass stones. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, um, Happy Time Podcast. All right. What else have I been listening <laughs> to? I haven't even gotten past my first album. Uh, Stereolab, who I, I know I've talked about before. They're one of my favorite bands. Um, I listen to some of the albums that I don't usually listen to, uh, that often, uh, namely, uh, Mars Audiat Quintet and Pang, which are their, uh, I will Pang at least one of their earlier things. And, uh... What was the other one? Uh, Trans... Uh, oh, God, let me see if I remember the name. Uh, I can't, so I'm looking it up. Uh, trans... Am, uh, oh, Jesus. Trans... Transient Random Noise Burst with Announcements. Uh, there's that one. And it's sort of one of their more post-rock uh, influenced... Uh, or, I guess, like, a later influence on post-rock, because I, I think it's considered now first wave post-rock. Uh, but it's got that sort of... Uh, the droning organs and the... Um, uh, uh, sort of French vocals that uh, you know Stereolab is known for, and you know it has these long sort of droning songs. Uh, it's 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 good. It's not one of my favorite uh, Ray Stereolab albums, but I enjoy it quite a bit. Uh, let's see what else. Yeah. I I listened to like thirty something albums this week. It's hard to talk about. Oh, okay. I should talk about this because uh, I like to amend a previous statement on uh, a podcast, which is that uh, I have. Once again, listen to uh, Burial's Untrue, and I'm actually starting to warm up to it now more than I thought I would ever, because, uh, I don't know, maybe it's just because now I'm listening to it with, like, better uh, uh, headphones, uh, just better listening equipment, and I got, like, a flak version and all that, which I, I don't know if it is, but uh, listen to it again, it's, I, I, I'm liking it more and more. Well, Burial isn't really the most immediate music. Okay. Oh, definitely, definitely. In fact, it's some of the least immediate music. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I, I, I think it's, I think Barrel's awesome. I, I, I should have Nick here to, to, you know, make my apologies. Uh, I went back and listened to some of the old uh, Oniotrix Point Never albums that I hadn't listened to before. Uh, oh, yeah. There was um, Returnal, which I liked because it was a lot more um, uh, uh, noisy in places and uh, than, than Replica, which was the only um, uh, OPN album that I'd listened to before. And I loved it. Like The, the first track is called um, uh, Nil Admirari. Uh, Admirari. But uh, it's like this complete, almost like harsh noise with like a slash of ambience thrown in there. And it was great. I love that uh, album. It's probably... I don't know, it's probably tied now with, uh, with Replica for my favorite OPN album. And then one I didn't like so much, which was his, maybe not his first, but uh, one of his first called Betrayed in the Octagon, 
which was just really just like a plain old ambient album, uh, which is you know sort of you know samples and weird you know sound experiments uh, every once in a while. Which it was it was okay, but um, you know not at all that exciting. Uh, you see, I tried to listen to <clears throat> well, I only listened to a couple tracks from Rapper Guy, not and um, it was one of those instances where you're like, you know, I don't get it right now, but I will later, so I'll come back to it. Mm. And I never and I never came back to it. But I've always felt a little guilty about that because I've heard about how everyone liked that album so much. It was one of my uh, top four, 2011. Uh, yeah, it's uh, I don't know. It's it's hard to sort of uh, make a disconnect because what he, what he is playing a lot of times is sort of rhythmic, in a sense. But it shifts all over the place, and uh, I don't know. It's it's really rewarding if you do listen to it. You know, um, uh, all the way through, I guess. I don't know. I, I liked it a lot. Have you listened to it, Mark? I have not. Uh, well, I, I do recommend it for any uh, anybody who likes ambient music or, you know... Uh, isn't he, isn't he Canadian, though? Ambient music? Not a fan? I don't know. I'm just saying that. <laughs> I know Kyle is a professed I'm, I'm, hater of ambient I'm just saying that to try and start a fight, but... <laughs> There aren't many people here to fight with right now. Nobody's going to get into a fight over whether or not you like ambient music. <laughs> You're a little bit narcissistic <laughs> if you think that they will. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, no, I, I don't think they're Canadian, no. I think he's uh, it's saying... No, he's, no, he's, not. From, he's, from, uh, he's from Brooklyn. Yeah. I love, uh, how you, I love how you, Mark, I love how you have no idea about any of his music, yet you know that he's not Canadian. Do you just like keep keep the logbook of what musicians are from Canada and what musicians aren't? Well, I think Google does. My logbook's oh. in my head. Yeah. Um, what else? Is, uh, okay. Uh, that's one of the only things that stinks in right here about an artist. Yeah. I, I I like to think I have a talent that um like you know how like when you're uh, listening to a song you can immediately tell just like not not because of production choices but just like the way the music sounds. Whether or not it's like Christian music, I just I, I have that talent, and I think I can I can also do that with Canadian music. Like whenever something Canadian, I can immediately tell. Well, I can definitely do the Christian thing because I've I've had to been I've had because of my past I've had to be subjected to it countless times. A lot of it's not a lot of it's not so good. <laughs> I mean, really? Uh, yeah, really. Yeah. Are, are you sure about this? No, but uh, yeah, I am. Uh, Anyway, I wish, um, moving on, I wish um, Steve were here to talk about this with me because I know he's a, a very noted fan, and he actually introduced me to him uh, maybe like, I don't know, like six months ago. But his name's Ryoji Ikata, and he's this uh, oh. Jap Japanese minimalist noise guy. Have you heard of him, Mark? I actually, he, I didn't go see him. He oh, came you should have. I probably should have. He, he came and played... Uh, very close to in my city. This was this was back in the summer sometime. I didn't go see him. I was contemplating it, but I didn't end up. He uh, puts on a fascinating show. What he does, um, for those of you who haven't listened, he uh, uses like sort of non-musical tones, like uh, you know, like sine waves and clicks, and you know, sort of uh, stuff like that. And a lot of times, uh, pitches just like barely uh, not above the range of human hearing. Uh, and he makes this weird sort of minimal uh, electronic and noise music. And what he does with his show is fascinating because he has this massive, like, gigantic screen behind screen, him. Screen, yeah. And, yeah, uh, I, I watch videos of it. It looks pretty cool. Yeah, and what he does is, like, he has uh, uh, these, like, black and white, um, like, test patterns, like uh, lines and blocks and stuff that uh, he projects behind him. And they sort of sync up with the tones of the music and all that. It's really, it's a really fascinating show. I'd love to see him if he ever comes around here, which I, I don't see why yeah. he would. I probably but, should have. Yeah. Got the chance, but, oh well. Yeah. I saw. I was Okay. Somebody go, Mark. I was going to say at that same venue I saw. Uh, Matt most there earlier in the year, and they were really cool. They just made like noises from like pouring water in bowls and 
just weird stuff like that. I've I've never heard of Matmos before, but they sound. It was it was it was an interesting show. Oh, okay. I have heard of Matmos before. Never mind. Um, yeah, uh, that that certainly seems uh, interesting. All I was uh, going to say was that I was very intrigued by this Ryuji Ikeda fellow. Mm-hmm. He he's a cool guy. Uh, I recommend his music. Uh, although a lot of times it is sort of harsh on the ears, and I recommend not listening with headphones because I made the mistake for the first couple of tracks, and it will give you a splitting headache because he uses these, you know, super high tones and all that. It's uh, it's speaker music. Uh, I I listen to one called um, uh, Test Patterns, and I guess his uh, the the two that are most listened to is one called Dataplex, which came out I think two years ago. And then one called uh, Plus Minus. But I, I like Test pattern, Patterns quite a lot. I think um, that, more than his other stuff, is kind of uh, minimal techno-influenced. Like, uh, more... Uh, uh, maybe not melodic, but rhythmic, I guess. And uh, let me let me just uh, cycle through my last stuff pretty quickly, because I have more than I should talk about. But um, this guy named Infinite Mahdi, who's like a sort of a ambient-slash-noise guy in the vein of... Tim Hecker, OPN, who does a lot of stuff with Static. Uh, Mogwai, who I listened to the fr- for the first time. I've listened to a lot of post-rock lately. Um, American Football, who I guess uh, are sort of like an emo revivalist thing. Or maybe just like they're an emo band in the late 90s. Have you ever listened to it, Robbie? Or Yeah, yeah, yeah I have. I'm not, you know, I haven't heard a whole album from them. I've heard my shit from my favorite sugar tracks. Yeah, it's, it's, yeah. It's, it's pretty good. I dug it. Yeah, uh, I like the whole... I like the whole 90s, you know, thing. Uh, he, uh, I guess the guy who's in there is in the band Owen now, who are fairly popular. Um, yeah, I, I, I think I think some of them were in Captain Jazz, too. Yeah, you're right. I might be uh, wrong on on a Captain Jazz. Uh, and let's see what else. Uh, a band that I uh, actually found out about just today, um, just going through the RYM page for Sludge Metal. I think it is the first Sludge Metal release listed. And it's this uh, this Dutch noise rock band called Gore, and um, I saw your post about that. Uh, uh, that album the art. That's one of the most gruesome album covers I've ever seen. The album art was fantastic, and it was uh, almost probably ninety percent of the reason uh, I downloaded it. <laughs> the other ten percent is uh, because it's like Dutch noise rock. What am I going to not listen to Dutch noise rock? But uh, the album art, for people who don't know, is what looks I think to be a cow's heart. Just impaled on a knife, in like you just like glistening high res image. It's it's delightful, but the yeah, album was pretty yeah. cool. It was like this instrumental noise thing, sort of in the vein of uh, like I, I don't know if you've ever listened to like a band like Scratch Acid, but it sounded sort of like that, except very heavy, like heavy heavy uh, guitars and bass, to where it was very sludge metally, and uh, I think that was a few years before sludge that uh, like started to take off as uh, as a full fledged genre. Yeah, it was sort of vaguely doom metal, but I think sludge metal is a cool, like, app description for it. And were you uh, able to find it in uh, in good quality? Uh, I found it. I found. I think it was it was above one twenty eight, but uh, yeah, it was it was pretty good. And, but uh, although it was um, it was mastered, uh, remastered, and then released by Southern Lord, who I guess is a pretty cool. good label. Um, yeah. Uh, who, who's on them is like I hate God on Southern Lord. No, um, uh, Sun. Oh, okay. Sun, uh, actually, ha- one of the dudes from Sun actually founded the label. Uh, yeah, I guess sort of like they work in, like, drone and doom metal, I guess, from what I've he- uh, heard, well, and that, sort of well, sludge, too. Nowadays, they kind of have hardcore stuff, like, um, I actually, actually, Shibalda is on Southern Lord. Oh, that's cool. Um, but yeah, they remastered that, and then their second re- record called like uh, it's I think it's called like the Meaner Man or something. But uh, it's it's cool, sort of uh, slightly ahead of its time, uh, sludgy noise. I recommend it if you're a fan of the stuff. Uh, it's instrumental too. There's no um, uh, there's no vocals on it, or at least the first album, which which was interesting enough. Yeah, I'm lo- looking forward right now. Mm-hmm. And then the last thing, which I will not talk about, is this uh, great black metal band called Horna. And um, uh, another black metal band called Paysage de Hever, I believe they're called. 
But uh, I listened to two of their albums, and I won't say any more about black metal. <laughs> uh, <laughs> it's weird that that always happens every time we do it. But uh, yeah, that's uh, that's about what I've been listening to, uh, minus just stuff I've talked about before. Um, um, mm. What do you want to talk about now? I don't know. Should we end it? I was gonna suggest yeah. break. I was gonna yeah. suggest Breaking Bad, but whatever. Oh. Oh yeah. That might. We might talk about for a little it. while, but yeah. We can talk about our Breaking Bad stuff. Um, we're all we're all big fans of the show Spoilers. for a little bit. A little bit. Yeah, spoiler alert. Well, I think the statute of limitations has, you know, expired on uh, uh, on Breaking Bad spoilers. It's been it's been a week now. I guess that's true. Mm-hmm. Just if, if if you haven't watched the show, then go do it and then listen to this. I guess. Okay. Was everybody uh, was everybody satisfied with the finale? Because I kind of was not. Hate to say it. Why not? Well, I mean. Why not? Uh, I all right. Well, here's the the first thing is that uh, like a I would have uh, I know they have limited amount of time and all that, uh, but uh, the like transition from Walt, be like making the deal the Czechoslovakian deal and then or Czech Republic and then becoming this math mass you know math lord huge empire, it, it was relegated to a two minute montage which was kind of a bummer but then. The uh, him getting out of that, he told his wife, "I'm out of the business," and then he was out of the business. Like nothing came of that, which to me, not only was it kind of unrealistic, it was just kind of uh, I would have liked to see some of the repercussions of him doing that. Uh, that that's just me, though. I mean, uh, they did have you know 45 minutes to finish up the sh- uh, the, the season, uh, but also just the. Uh, him just him finding the Walt Whitman book. It was just anticlimactic. Like that's just the word for it. To, uh, I don't. I don't think it was because that whole time you like it's that scene is just too perfect of everybody in the backyard and you you're sitting there and you know something's going to happen. You know yeah. you know they can't end the season like that. Yeah. Well, yeah, and I, you're just waiting for what it could be. And what I would have thought is the only show I could think of that will make a pool party scene. Tense. Yeah, that's that. I, I wasn't expecting that because, like, uh, uh, it, it, it just it, it's like several months later, and then they're sitting around in the pool eating, like, in a dinner. The baby is just, you know, happily playing around. Everyone's happy, and like, I was just thinking, there's no way they're not gonna end this in just a horrible massacre. Uh, because I would not put it past the creators of that show at all, just for some, you know, like thugs to pop out and just like brain everybody. Uh, <laughs> And I was waiting for that, like, or like, even just like, oh, the baby's gonna fall into the pool or something horrible. But uh, I don't know. You're touching on a point that this is the first season finale, mm-hmm. probably the only one, because there there will be some kind of death in the final episode in the series. No shit. Yeah. There's the only there's only season finale so far where there has not been some kind of death. I mean, the first season, Tuco killed one of his henchmen or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, the second season, there was a plane crash and millions of... <laughs> to be fair, uh, to be fair, uh, nine dudes got brutally murdered in prison. Like, real real badly murdered. Okay, yeah, but like... At, I, at, I, yeah. at the very end. Mm-hmm. And then uh, third season, Gale, obviously. Yeah. Fourth season... Uh, fourth season, I guess it was somewhere in the middle of the episode, but whatever. The, the big thing about the last episode was Gus. Yeah. Uh, what I would have loved to see is, it's funny because uh, I think in almost every season, if not every season, um, Walter says there is going to be no more bloodshed or no more deaths or no one is going to get yeah. hurt again. And then almost immediately after somebody dies or gets hurt, I'm, I'm actually, I'd love to see a compilation of that. Yeah, I'm, I'm actually in the middle of rewatching like all of them. I'm on like, I'm almost finished season three. Yeah, I, I think what would happen if I go back um, is you know how like when you were first starting to watch Breaking Bad and like um, you know we had like Crazy Eight in his basement and um, you know like they had to you know like liquefy him to you know get rid of the body and stuff like that. Uh, I think going back it would be like almost lighthearted compared to the stuff that happens later in the series <laughs> because yeah. like, no there, no uh, no 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 show manages just to make you feel as bad when you're watching it as Breaking Bad. 
Uh, and I think just like it got progressively worse as people got more used to it. Uh, yeah. But I think I think it would be a lot less intense watching the first seasons. Yeah, well, you're because yeah. like I'm sitting there watching them and I'm looking at Walt. And I'm like, who the hell is this guy? <laughs> yeah, I were, know. There were no not the same guy. Episode. He's like so just so jumpy and skittery about everything in the first season, and he's yeah. completely not even like back that to, now. Even even back to the third season, even even then, he's a totally different person than he is now. Oh yeah, completely. Now, well, now I I maintain that he is, or at least was for episode seven of this like, the complete and total antagonist of the show. Like, he is the reason everything is horrible. He is the complete, like, villain of the show now that Gus is gone. And, I mean, granted, Gus was never, like, like such a defined antagonist. But, like, Walt, like, he killed a guy because he insulted him. Like, that's that's what villains do. Exactly. He became just sort of, you know, unthinking and, uh, like, psychopathic, really. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I'm, I'm... Well, I actually rewatched the first episode recently, and I was actually kind of annoyed by it because, as compared to where the series went, mm-hmm. the writing of it is so sitcom. It is kind of yeah, he, yeah. Especially when you first meet when you first meet his family and when you first meet his his wife and his kids. Well, his kid at that point, mm-hmm. and uh, his family. I mean, you know, for a show about a meth cook, it's uh, you know pretty sitcom. But, I, I mean, just comparatively as to, to where the show would go. Although I do maintain that Breaking Bad has the best pilot of any show I've ever seen. Because, like, even just, like, in it, in like in of, its, of itself, it's, like, that was such a, like, a wonderfully directed episode. Like, everything about that was really good. Yeah. And um, on, on the finale, I just, I'm still just amazed by the irony that... Probably for the first time this season, Walt did something right. Walt quit. Walt wanted to, you know, bring his family back together, and then he gets found out. I yeah. mean, it's, yeah. it's so characteristic of uh, Breaking Bad to do that. To, to have all, that kind of irony. All this time, he's so evil, and he keeps getting away with it. And then when he decides to stop, it really yeah. just makes you hate him even more. <laughs> I wonder. I mean, uh, uh, sorry. I was just I was just gonna ask. Like, I wonder what's uh, what what do you think's going to happen next? Oh, uh, I well, all right, because like one or two things could happen. Uh, the, does uh, Hank say anything to him well, about Hank, this? Hank, or? Could, Hank could immediately flip shit and just like go after him. Or well, he needs to he needs to finish his poop first. Well, yeah, he he's obviously got to <laughs> finish his business. <laughs> Uh, but then he could uh, he could you know uh, flip and you know freak out, or what I was more likely to happen is like he goes and tries to get him legally, which or I don't know because like Hank is that weird mix of good at his job and like stupidly impulsive, where yeah. it's kind of it's kind of hard to tell which is actually going to happen. Yeah, I don't. Uh, he he doesn't really have. He can't go and say like. Do you think he has enough to go and say like? Well, he's oh, got it was you. he's got he's got Gail's handwriting. Uh, that I, is they, true. They've been analyzing for a long time. Yeah. Exactly. Does he try and? Because if he tries to catch him now, he's not going to catch him. Yeah. Doing anything, right? Mm-hmm. That would right. be interesting. And just to figure out what the hell that first scene of the fifth season was all about. Oh yeah. Well, oh, that's. Well, I think the most, the most the most common theory is that. Uh, Walt is on the run from Hank, and that's you know why he's you know in a Denny's, fake name, gun in the back seat. That all that yeah. all fits together to me. Oh yeah, he did you get know, a gun, I, didn't he? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I, I'm I'm obsessed with what, with what the hell the machine gun supposed to be for. Yeah, but I'm not going to try to predict what happens because I maintain that whatever happens will be more awesome than anyone we'll be, could predict. Mm-hmm. I agree. So I'm not even going to try to say, well, I think this might happen. I, I have no clue what's going to happen, and I prefer it that way. All yeah, I hope is that Jesse does not get it, because, like, he's really the only... Ironically enough, he is the moral compass of the show now. Yeah, absolutely. It's weird that he turned into that. Yeah, when, like, he was initially like, the crazy meth cook. Exactly. Ex- in, the first few, police. in the first seasons, he's a complete disaster and a crazy person, yeah. basically. Yeah. 
yeah, he, he really came into his own now. And, you know, he, I, I talked about this before, but <clears throat> it seems like he's the only person, well, I, I guess in the, in the, at the end, Walt kind of wanted redemption in some way, but um, he's the only person that really kind of wanted to get out of that life and, you know, to get redemption really, and, and to get a normal life one day, hopefully. So I, I really hope things work out for him, but you, you never know with this show. Mm-hmm. And and you know he still hasn't he still doesn't know what Walt did to Brock so there's that he doesn't know what Walt did to Brock he doesn't know what Walt did to Mike oh yeah that too so oh, yeah, I, I, yeah it's funny because he's been systematically uh, murdering and or poisoning everyone who's important to Jesse in his life uh, so I guess all that's left now is maybe like his brother even even you even you go way back to the second season he. Stood there and watched Jane die. Oh yeah, that too. Jesus, yeah. I mean, um, yeah. Hmm. I'm still think, kind of thinking about how, you know, Breaking Bad loves the the writers of Breaking Bad love to punish niceness, and mm-hmm. and you know, in in good integrity, because, you know, uh, what Walt gets found out at exactly when you think that he's not going to get found out, you know, um. And in the third season, Gale was probably the nicest guy in the entire series overall. Uh, he gets shot. You know, he gets killed for good reason, I guess. <clears throat> and uh, Hank, who uh, obviously has, you know, he, he's, he has the most integrity as a policeman. You know, when he beat up Jesse, he turned himself in. And, you know. It, you know he's he's a great he's a great person and in the third season he gets shot to shit yeah that's and, true and nearly yeah. par- nearly paralyzed mm. so uh, I just love it that you know the writers of the show continuously and intentionally kind of punish kindness and kind of lets lets the bad guys go free you know because they because the protagonists are the bad guys you know in a really weird way. Yeah, it's, uh, I just love one of the weirdest things I noticed just when rewatching it was how early they. Uh, have you ever seen the picture of like when Gus died next to the teddy bear that was in the pool? Oh yeah, yeah. that is true. They started. Yeah. I mean, that teddy bear was in the first scene of season two. Yeah. So it's so weird. they were they were weird to they were think that they were yeah. That they planned that they far had, ahead. Had Gus yeah, been, I had Gus been introduced in season two, or did he come in in season two? He, he came he was, in, in he, season two later in season two. Yeah, the middle of the middle of season two. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but it's it's just weird. Like you wonder what kind of stuff may have already happened that's going to foreshadow things that might happen, and how far yeah. ago was it, and just things like that. That uh, I don't know. They keep the show really interesting for me. Personally, yeah, mm-hmm. completely. Anyway, we should we should probably wrap this up. <laughs> nice little Breaking Bad convo there. Oh, um, mm-hmm. uh, everybody, uh, thank you for listening to your podcast. Opinion is wrong, episode thirty. Uh, we hope to see you again next week. Uh, I'm Austin, saying goodbye, farewell, adieu. I'm Robert, saying bye. I love you forever. I'm Mark saying bye. I hate you always. Oh, wow. Making it dark. (laughs) All right. Goodbye, everybody. Thank you.